Hello, this is Ed Cohen, uh, your broadcast host on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, a service of Global HR News, coming to you today from Brisbane, Australia, and I'm in San Diego. Our special guest today is Rachel Smits. Rachel is originally from Amsterdam, and she's into creating personal freedom and lifestyle and she is a TEDx speaker, a mentor, and a global goodwill ambassador. Let's say hello to Rachel. Hi there. Hi, Edwin. Hi. I just need to give a small correction, although I loved your introduction. It's not so important. But I'm originally born and raised in Belgium. But yeah, I've been living a few years in the Netherlands. So that's why you mentioned Amsterdam, which is totally understandable. But I've been living everywhere. So it's kind of confusing. So <laughs> it's okay. okay. Well, I stand corrected and it's quite all right. How long have you been doing this Create Your Freedom lifestyle? Oh, that's an interesting question. I've been doing it a few years now. About five years ago, I was still, or even four years ago, I was still in a corporate job. Having a very successful career on the outside, you know, everything great, but on the inside, I was miserable, stressed out, burned out. And so that's when I started creating a completely different lifestyle and just really working hard towards my dream freedom lifestyle, which I'm living right now, and which is now the reason I can inspire others to do it, because if you take small steps towards it. And so in the beginning, I was still doing it on the side, you know, building it up. And now I'm actually, like you said, sitting in Australia and just moving from here to there and traveling. And I love it. <laughs> and now I'm happy on the inside and the outside. So I want to ask you about self-supporting mm -hmm. these beautiful trips. When mm -hmm. you're on travel, and particularly now, yeah. are you working remotely? How are you yeah. financing? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. That's why I said I had to create it. And with creating comes financial creation as well, right? Because I really, really would never tell anybody, oh, take the leap of faith and just do and follow your passion. And then what? You know, how are you going to support yourself? I need to support myself. Okay. I don't have a partner who can support me. So I really need the financial side as well. And so I started working more and more remotely and I created my online business. And as you said, I'm, I'm also a speaker and I'm an author and I started creating online courses and I started also coaching more and more online because of my experience of creating this lifestyle. I now have clients who also want to take the steps and who want to break free from their successful career and do something more meaningful with more freedom. Um, it doesn't have to be traveling, though. I, For me, freedom is just traveling. But a lot of my clients are just switching careers, changing to a business, but not necessarily having to travel. And so my finances come from a variety of things like my online courses, my coaching, my speaking, my product services. So that's what I've been building up over the past years. And so that's where it's coming from. And that's why you can't just take the leap of faith. And then what? Then I had no more salary. So I couldn't. I had to kind of find other ways. But there's other ways. You know, some people, they stay in a company and they work remotely. You know, I just didn't want to work for anybody. I want to be my own boss and have the complete freedom. So that's a choice I made. So you have a passion for positive psychology, I see. Mm -hmm. So positive psychology means positive networking and growth opportunities. What is positive psychology? 
okay, yes, I study psychology and I use it every day, but it's more, I don't like to label anything. It's more a, a lifestyle and a mindset. And there's one quote, okay, which is the complete true fact. And that is your mind creates your reality. And the moment, I actually just wrote a post on that. The moment you start realizing that, that's where everything shifted for me. And that's where everything can shift for you. So your mind is so powerful and your mind creates your reality. So let me give you a few examples, Edwin. When I was still in corporate, I really was stressed and I really hated it. But all I was saying was, oh, I hate this. Oh, I don't like this. When people ask me like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I have this manager's title. And don't get me wrong. I had a superb title and status and everything. But I was like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm a manager and I, I really don't like it. And so I kept actually repeating the state of being that I did not like. And I kept in my mind like, oh, I don't like this. I'm stressed. I'm, you know, I, I, I have stomach aches. And I just stayed in that mindset. And then I started shifting and just shifted my mindset to more positive. And with that, I don't mean that, oh, suddenly life is all rosy. No, things happen in life, you know, bad days and sad things and, and, and events going on. But I don't let the outside affect me. I take charge of my mind and I control my mind and my thoughts. And a simple example is, if you think about stressful thoughts, Edwin, you feel stressed. If you think about, oh, no, I have to do this and I have a deadline and, and oh, and what will they say? And, and oh, and I have this conversation I don't like and I have this, and, you know, if you think or you think about worries, you think about stress, suddenly you feel stressed, right? Your thoughts are so, so, so powerful. So I started focusing more on, okay, what is actually the things that I do enjoy in life? What are the things that I want to create in my life? What are, and I started focusing more on, for me, like I want to travel more. I want to be more with people. I want to help and inspire people. And so I started just focusing on that. Even if I was still stuck in a job I hated, I was like, okay, what conversations can I make? to lift me up that are meaningful? Where can I get a good feeling from? You know, and then on the side, when I came home, I was having conversations with people that inspired me. I was looking to people that motivated me. I was creating a new tribe, a new circle of people around me. So all of these small steps always towards like, okay, where can I find the more positive? Where can I find the inspiration? Where can I start? And so my mind really started shifting towards what I wanted in my life and not what I didn't like in my life. Does that make sense, Edwin? It certainly does. So to what extent is spirituality connected or related to all this? I would say a lot because I was always very, very rational. Like only the logical, rational mind was like, okay, this needs to be calculated and that and then that. And I was totally not spiritual until I started, you know, reading books about spirituality and I'm nowhere near a, a very spiritual person or, or I don't know what kind of woo woo, you know, things like that. But spirituality was more like, okay, wait, we can rework the mind. We can control the mind. We can become more positive and attract more in life. So, so yeah, it definitely helped me. And spirituality it has a lot of definitions, Edwin. For me, it's not like I'm meditating every day. No, I'm not. But spirituality to me means that I started taking care of me and I started loving myself more. And I never in my life did that. I didn't even know how. So it's true spirituality that I learned to look within myself 
And I'm still not a meditating person. I still can't just sit still and close my eyes and, and you know, I can't. But I find meditations that work for me in the sense that I go to the gym or I go for a run outside and I'm very, very mindful. And so I'm really into the present moment. And it's in that mindful present moment that for me, it's this kind of sense of meditation where I gain clarity of what's going on within me and I can observe my thoughts. Are they negative? Are they positive? Are they making me feel bad? Are they making me feel good? What's the next step? What's my path? So yeah, it, it can be a lot of things, spirituality, you know, like a higher power or this or that. But for me, it's really like taking that time to be mindful, to be more present. And also this took practice. It's not something I did overnight. I just, you know, I read about it. I tried it and you get better and better and better at it. But don't get me wrong, Edwin, this is daily practice, right? So people are like, oh, Rachel, you're so positive. I'm like, yeah, but do you know that every single day I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, today is going to be a great day. That's where it starts. If I don't do that, my day is not going to be a great day. It just starts with all of these things, like on a daily basis, Edwin. I have, I have inner dialogues. I have inner critics like, oh, should you do that? I'm not so sure. Is this going to work? And then up, I'm so trained in it, but I take always the effort to just switch it back and reframe it like, yeah, not about what's the worst thing that can happen, but yeah, what, what's the best thing that can happen? So on a daily basis, I'm working this mindset, you know, otherwise I couldn't. So happiness is a choice and it's yours. Totally. Totally. I just, oh, that's another good one. Happiness is a choice. You always have a choice for sure. And then people are like, no, I'm not. I have a family and I, and I don't have the money and I don't this and I'm too old and I'm too young and I'm too thick and I'm too thin and I'm, I don't know what. All these excuses, but happiness is a choice. If you stay in your current position, that's a choice, which is fine. You know, if you say like, no, that's it. That's my choice. Fine. Then stop complaining about it. So. This is very cool. So I'm on your LinkedIn page, and the last quote here, dreaming is nice, but doing it is way better. Yeah, because a lot of people just, you know, they, they think, and, and, and I wish, and I wish I could, and, and, and all of the, you know, and I, and I should, and I would, and I, and what if, but start doing it. You know, for me, my drive in my whole life has been, especially the last years, like just the thought and I want, I want people listening to do this, right? Like, just think about growing old and you're in your last years of your life and you look back upon your life. Do you want to look back upon a life and think, what if I had done it? Or do you want to look back upon a life like, yeah, I lived my dream. I tried it. I did what I wanted to try. I have no regrets. And that for me is a drive. Like, I'm dreaming things. I have always have goals in my life, always. And I go towards them. And I try and I do. And I just keep, okay, you know, I'm going towards it. And I just visualize it. And I go for it. And I do it. And I take the steps. And I have a life with no regrets. So there's a couple of minutes left here on this episode. So you wrote a book a few years ago called Living Abroad Successfully. So people who go on international assignment or they're accompanying spouse or partner of the person on assignment. This is a big okay. challenge. And so yeah. your advice would be right on, spot on for people who are relocated. Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote several books, but in, in that book particularly, and now that you mentioned spouses, 
there's a chapter about, you know, if you move for, um, or I talk about that in the book as well, if you move as a spouse. And I know it's difficult. I know it is because it's not your choice. You know, you just mentioned happiness is a choice, but sometimes you have no choice and you have to relocate with your partner, right? And so that's the question that you have. But still, still then it's so important because the other book is about confidence and here is where confidence comes in. You know, the self-improvement and self-development is like, okay, don't let life happen to you, but make sure life happens for you. So even if the outside circumstance tells you, okay, now you have to relocate, then make the best of that. And happiness comes from the inside, not from the outside. So regardless of your location, your happiness is inside. Regardless of your location, you can find that happiness. You can find things. I work with clients that are actually relocated. And one particular client, she also like, oh, you know, it's my husband's jobs and he's earning well and I should be fine. And But she wasn't happy. And so we're starting to find out like, okay, what is it that makes you happy? What is it that makes you feel meaningful and fulfilled? And how can you do that in the country where you're at right now? Because you as a spouse want to feel meaningful. It's not because your spouse has the job and the money and you're not earning that you should not feel meaningful. That's horrible. No, you don't have to be the breadwinner to to not feel meaningful. You know, you're as important as your spouse. You're supporting your spouse. You're following your spouse. So you might as well, you know, start living a life that is meaningful to you. And it could be volunteering somewhere or helping kids or going to a school or doing some study or or working online or blogging or I mean there's a ton of things you can do but as long as you feel like yeah I'm doing something meaningful in my life here right well you you certainly are and you were nominated to be a global goodwill ambassador for Holland tell us about that it's not so much for Holland it's a big international organization global goodwill ambassadors and we're just supporting each other, really. It's something a bit different. My award of Woman Excellence of the Year last year was actually more of me being empowered and speaking on stages to really inspire and empower women and others, of course. So it's an honor to receive these awards and be part of such big organizations and big networking as well. So as we come to a close, tell us about your initial experiences in Australia. Oh, I'd love to. Well... It is now, as we speak, January. It's very hot. And my experiences, oh, wow, it's been interesting. Because you know it when I'm a cultural diversity trainer and I love discovering different cultures. And, and that's, you know, what I can speak about during my, my speeches and trainings. And Australians are more reserved than I had thought. I always go to a country with no expectations. And so it's not like, so I can't be disappointed or it's not, it's not anything like that, but it's, I don't know, they're super friendly. And I knew this, everybody was telling me ahead of time, like, oh, they're super friendly. And when I was in New Zealand, you know, it was the same thing. People there were like, Kiwis are super friendly, but I found a difference and, and I never generalize. I never judge based on one experience. So I really ask around, I talk to locals, I, you know, I, and I talk to a lot of people because I see content everywhere. I'm on my own here. I'm solo. I travel solo. So I'm always like seeking contacts and, and you know, creating connections and networking and um, always with the locals, right? Or at least much more. But here, it's been more difficult than in New Zealand, than in Canada, than in, in other countries. 
I've noticed that people look, if I address somebody at in the street, like, hey, you know, can you help me with directions or can I ask you a question or can you help me with this? They are super friendly, super friendly. But to be connected with the neighbors, to become more friends type of connection, it's much more difficult. So when it comes to people, yeah, that would be an observation that I've been confirmed over and over right now. Other than that, Edwin, I don't see big things I could talk about. Like food-wise is very, you know, international, hotels, the... I mean, yeah, I can talk about the animals and the wildlife and the birds, and that's like amazing, you know, compared to some other countries. But yeah, I would say, I think when you ask me about specifics, then um, I think that would be the one thing that jumps out. And so tell me about the fires. Are you impacted by the fires? That's a, a really good question. And the thing is, Edwin, and I want to say this, is on the media and on TV, it's almost like all of Australia is on fire, and it's not. I'm definitely in the red zone when you look at the map that they show. And I'm in Brisbane now. I'll go to Sydney um, this weekend. But it, no, I haven't seen any smoke or any fires. And it's funny how everyone outside of Australia is like sending me messages like, Rachel, go back and get out of there. It's dangerous. And there is like nobody panicking here. Of course, I'm, I'm closer to cities, so I'm not. It depends where you are. I mean, I'm, not, I'm definitely not in a bush somewhere or in a nature or in a park somewhere. And I know it's devastating. Don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's horrible. But people need to realize that it's, it's in the cities. It's fine. All right. We're talking with Rachel Smets, who's now in Brisbane, Australia. She's a world traveler and I would say a wonder woman. And I say that appreciatively. So thanks very much for being our guest again on globalradiotalkshow.com. And we'll be back to you soon. Take care. Be well. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Ed Cohen here signing off in San Diego, and that's Rachel Smets in Brisbane, Australia. Thanks again. Goodbye. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful day.